the most frequent question I would get when I would talk to journalists is, how big is this stuff? I see these like balkanized accounts of a thousand followers or 500 followers. How big is this thing? And I was never able to answer that question until this channel on YouTube came along and started making content about extreme niche political ideologies. And then I had a quantitative number and I could say, well, look, there's 400,000 people that watch this really specific, really niche video. This gives us an estimate that gets us part of the way to this answer. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It's it's sort of like, well, that was both, you know, a product of the time, but also an accelerant for the time. It's like a positive feedback loop. Indeed, so indeed. I think I think about a lot of things in that way, like, you know, there are populists that pop up and then they harness the power of populism that already exists. This is an example of me using my hands. Ha, the people in the podcast have no idea what I'm doing right now. But yes, I'm, I'm, I'm motioning some kind of undercurrent that is harnessed into this conduit. And then the conduit, you know, makes more of the, uh, the undercurrent. I should say, yeah, I should also say I, I've been aware of you probably longer than you've been aware of me. Although I wasn't aware that I was aware of you because I read your PDFs and I didn't, you know, I didn't put it together that it was you until recently. Um, so I had a feeling anything it's, it's, it's also your work has been, you know, also affected me, um, in that way. I had a sense that it was in there somewhere, but I guess, uh, we should probably, you you didn't want to be like, Oh yeah, that was all me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, my, my writing is reporting on other communities. So clearly there's, there's many different places you can get it from, but, um, this type of content does seem to circulate rapidly within a pretty specific niche. So there's only a handful of references to have. And uh, I would not be surprised that you would come across the writing for sure. Right. Uh, It is in some ways remarkable that we actually haven't, this is our first time talking. We haven't Mm -hmm. exchanged messages or or anything until now. Yeah, that is kind of wacky. Yeah. Before we get too, too into the niche content and our podcast discussion, you've been traveling. Don't, Don't let anyone know. Um, you were posting uh, it on social media. <laughs> I, I did do some traveling, yeah. And where are you calling in from now? I am now back in, my, in, in Ottawa, my hometown, uh, my home city, I should say. But yeah, you know, I, I was killing a couple of birds with one stone. Um, but yeah, just, just traveling around, traveling, traveling about. Any projects in particular? Well, I, I really just wanted to meet up with some folks in, uh, in the States. But nothing... I'm trying to do this series called uh, where I talk to other public figures, mainly because I'm lonely and do a series called like Radicalizing X, where, you know, I try to talk to them. I had one with Too Mad, and that was that was partially, you know, why I went over to do it. But I also met up with um, this guy called Value Select, who is a super cool guy. He makes the kind of content that I would make if I hadn't been sucked into a politics black hole. <laughs> and yeah, he's just kind of like perfected that form of like, you know, I was I was kind of going in that direction. And then I sort of veered off on this tangent. Uh, sometimes I'm like, well, what, what would happen if I made that kind of observational comedy? Like he has a song called Hit Me With A Car. Uh, I wish someone would hit me with their car so I could collect disability checks. Oh, it's a, a great song. So I, I, I just really wanted to talk to people I admired artistically. Instead of looking at a screen. (laughs) And I've been on an anti-introvert kick recently because I've been thinking about this and I was like, well, all the art that I want to make really is art that I would have to make with other people. Most of it. I mean, I think I've, I've exhausted most of the me talking to myself kind of art. And I'd like to, you know, stretch outside of my little node and reach to other nodes and like collaborate on things and make things that are greater than the sum of their parts. 
And uh, I don't know. I don't know a lot of people who also think like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why I'm on the anti-introvert kick. You know, it's a it's a it's a smooth line between anti-centrism and anti-introversion. Um, <laughs> Let's say, uh, um, how about how about this? So I'm born 1987. I'm about 10 years older than you. We had, I imagine, very different experiences growing up on the internet. Social media did not exist when I was a a young person. Uh, You would have been coming in right at the beginning of it. I wonder if you would recount for us what your experience of growing up online was like. Were there specific games and communities that you spent time in? What's your background for growing up online? I remember I made a Facebook account when I was in grade seven, maybe grade six or seven. And that was kind of my first dipping into social media stuff. I think I I mainly got in because I wanted to message my crush. Yeah, I think I wanted to message my crush something. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah, that's how they get you. And then 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 you're in there for life. No, I mean, it would happen regardless. Your writing feels like you have a lot of experience in common threads. So here's the thing. I, uh, I, I did do a lot of arguing, but I didn't really like arguing. Like if somebody argued with me and made a point that was like, uh, in some way harmful to me, I would always be trying to like find common ground with them, I suppose, because I think I, you know, fundamentally, I, I just wanted to everybody to get along. And then I realized, of course, if everybody does that, then you have, uh, you have a bunch of people who don't do anything. So you got to be the opposite of that. I had a friend who was, um, he spent a lot of time gaming. This person had a similar experience where they really valued these tight knit communities on Ultima Online. The game was set up for people who are unfamiliar. There was a, a PvP dynamic where if you killed somebody, you would get all of their stuff. Like they would drop a key to their house, all of their riches and their wealth that they'd accumulated in the game. So protecting your property in UO was really important. And this created communities that would be mutually or, or co-invested in protecting each other because the threat of mercenaries and robbers was really strong. Mm -hmm. And what he found through years of playing the game was that he valued that community so much because the bonds were so strong and he made such good friends with it that when the robbers and the mercenaries started to go away, those bonds became weaker and started to disintegrate. So in order to create the community that he valued so much, he became one of the assassins so that other people could experience the joy of having online friendships and having right. to work together. Yeah. And that's how you get nine 11. Oh, that, I mean, what I, what I, I guess the broader, I, I get that's, that's fascinating. That's very fascinating. I, I love video games. I, I, I hate that. I love video games, but I love, I love video games and especially that kind of stuff. There's so much to analyze how people organize online. What are the corollaries people organizing online and organizing in real life? Yeah, sometimes you can move between the two, and sometimes it's only online, sometimes it's only offline, but mm-hmm. um, I think we're going to hit a new era of the internet where these things will just blur, and the crossover between the two of them is going to become increasingly frequent. What, what, what's an example of that? What, what would that look like? I think AFPAC is the first example of that. Uh, America First Political Action Conference, the, the Fuentes people. So these things are still very early, but... It's not dissimilar to starting a radical magazine in a previous era, right? No, like if yeah. there was not a political alternative, you have to start the media messaging to then grow the audience, to then later create the political constituency. And now we're just doing the the internet version of that. But um, I'm not here to do a Twitch stream. We're here to have a conversation. So tell me about uh, games. Was there a specific game that you grew up playing? So 
what what did I play? I played video games. You know, again, video games for me are just like like just heroin or tar. It's just white noise, so I don't have to have an ego. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I grew up playing like MMOs. Mainly, my my family would force me into like being the healer role in like Ragnarok Online, like my brothers. Uh, or forced into being the healer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I loved healing. I was a I was a discipline priest, and wow, that was my I, favorite role. You know, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just that I didn't much have much of a choice. So it's oh, like you, you look back on it and you're like, well, I did like it, but I also didn't choose it. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about video games. <laughs> Enough. I, 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 I'm trying to, you know, I'm just like, I've last few days I've been having a problem where I like, I reinstall like some card game like Hearthstone on my phone. And then I play like for a little bit. And then I'm just like, no, I have to delete this. And in my moment of lucidity, I break out of the stupor that technology puts me in. And I, I break my chains only for them to wrap back around my leg the next day. And this is the Sisyphean journey I'm on. The phone games are, I feel like that's a, it's a generational thing. Cause I never really got, I've done a few of these puzzle games, but I never really got hooked on it in a serious way. But I did spend like hours and hours, like maybe days at some point just playing World of Warcraft. So that I can very much relate to. But the phone mm -hmm. stuff, it just doesn't feel... Yeah, well, so the thing is, I've blocked it all on my computer, but there are phone apps, and it's harder to block uh, it on the phone. I so see. So it, it ends up crawling, much like uh, how you know Capital manages to get into every nook and cranny. And, and, <laughs> and, and it's, it's sort of like the same thing. It's just like you, you make your defenses, but there's a little crack there. It there's crawls a Lovecraftian tentacle finding exactly, its way into exactly. your ear. And you yeah. slice it off, and you barricade that window. But by the time you've done that, you know another window is open. <laughs> hopefully i'll i'll get out of uh, out of here but you know my success rate is is okay it's okay some things get yeah. better some things stay the same well video games are a, a useful i think incubator for like forming political communities right there's ways of organizing the video game that yeah. you get to meet people you have an activity to do and, and whatever now it feels like social media is gamified in such a way that we're basically watching the formation of online guilds that do not have a quest objective on the platform but it's the same kind of thing where people are hanging out, talking, socializing, uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. I wonder now, um, so you manage several online communities, or rather I should say you have several online communities that use your name. Yes, I have, no, uh, I have no direct ties to any of these communities for legal purposes. Plausible deniability, of course. Yes, yeah. just like how <laughs> all my accounts are actually run by unpaid interns. How many platforms, how many platforms is your fan base spread across? God, you know... I don't know. Uh, I don't want to know. Every time I look at one of the fan bases, I'm filled with uh, revulsion, horror, awe, joy, sadness. It's like the entire human experience all wrapped up in one. And imagine God came down to earth and saw what, what was going on. And like, I don't know. It's a little too much. A little, little too much. Some of them rather extreme, for sure. Well, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, the extreme ones... I'm all in favor of it's it's the uh it's the children <laughs> the children they are very young too that's the thing yeah I have I have indoctrinated a lot of youth and I'm I'm proud of that I'm, I'm but I I'm proud of it from a distance this is this is the thing though dude when I first started writing about this stuff people literally did not believe me when I would say like these kids are 13 years old they were like mm -hmm. no you're lying like that's not the case I'm like I've I've seen them upload a selfie while they're on the bus to school in the morning. These are 13-year-olds. And but then there's just 
more and more stories, the ages are increasingly obvious and impossible to ignore. I think it's a wonderful thing. Children <laughs> getting radicalized. <laughs> the more kids get radicalized, and not just because I have a personal capital-oriented reason to care about it now. You know, I always thought to myself, man, 13-year-olds are boring. I wish they were fascist. <laughs> Some of these platforms, though, much more tightly moderated than they were a few years ago, right? Here's the thing, like, um, that's, that's a power move, you know? Yeeting someone off your platform, go into the back alley, and then they're like, where's that guy? You know, I, I tried to find... I tried to find where like Nick Fuentes was now the other day. And I was like, I have no idea where this dude is. And like, I, I'm like, why is this Google search not showing me where Nick Fuentes is? <laughs> why is this is? Google search not? <laughs> yeah. I think he's on Odyssey like, now. I think that's where they all are. Odyssey. Yes. You're, you're on Odyssey. You have something on Odyssey. I am. Yeah. They're the ones that flew me down to the States, actually. Really? They wanted to like indoctrinate me into their sex cult. It worked. <laughs> I'll look forward to seeing that uh, that video. I agreed to do a, a boxing match with him. Um, so the, the, here's the idea, and I think it's a great idea. It's for charity. I'll box, you know, basically anyone, preferably a centrist, but basically I can box anybody. Um, and then uh, rounds, like chess boxing style, we'll do a political debate. Uh, wow. Don't don't tell anyone this, but here's my strategy. Every time they speak, I'll go ah, and then you know, ah, uh, actually ah. Boom, shut down, and then bam, <laughs> go back back to boxing. We'll do three rounds of each. If well, Logan Paul can do it, it... Well, strategically, you I want to aim it. for the head. As long as you aim for the head, they will be mm -hmm. uh, incapacitated, not able to debate. So no body shots, just head Too shots. Too bad, only. I only aim, for the, I only aim for the center. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> right in the stomach. Uh... Okay, well, I don't want to ask about your, your trip if you're, like, producing content. I don't want to spoil any of the stuff I'm not that you're, doing uh, shit. working on. <laughs> I'm just hanging out. What are you working on for your channel now? Are you building out the mental illness series? Or what's, um, you're building out these interviews? Or Yeah, um, ah, that's a great question. Great question. What am I doing with my channel? Huh. Um, I'm in a bit of a, a dissolution phase. Not disillusion, but, like, I'm dissolving a little bit and it's a comfortable sort of dissolving. Like, okay, what was it that I was doing? What are the, what are the axioms? What are the found, what's, what was the foundation of what I was talking about over the last couple of years? And, you know, once I, once I explain that to the audience, but also to myself, then I, you know, maybe I'll go back into it, but, um, I don't know. I don't want to just be the, uh, the healer in, uh, that my brother made me be, you know? I see. Yeah. Which is to say, you know, I'll look back on it and I enjoyed it, but I never did I choose to, or did it choose me? And if it did choose me, am I choosing it? This is part of what I was curious to talk about today is that you encompass so many different positions. I feel like your, your practice embodying all of these different actors and positions that, that interact. And you are in some ways like, having to learn about someone else's worldview or world experience. Taking a take. I'm, I'm, I'm just abusing the podcast listeners at this point. Uh, they're used to, they're used to the, they're used to the abuse. It's okay. Who knows? Okay. Who knows? Look, I, uh, here's, here's my, here's my Canon backstory. Okay. There's a bread tube to alt-right to bread tube to alt-right pipeline. So, First, you, you know, you, you get in, you start watching the bread tube and you're like, this is, this is great stuff. 
Um, and then, well, okay, actually, no. First, first, because you're a white man, you you join a neo-Nazi organization because that's step one for being a white man. That that's step one, yeah. Yeah, and then and then you get the antithesis, which is the bread tube stuff, and then you get the anti-antithesis, which is the anti-bread tube stuff, and then you get the anti-anti-anti, and then you know you just ping pong back and forth because you're you're a spineless little little ball of goo with no with no foundation just constantly being morphed ping ponging back and forth um what was like you know it sounds like a joke but it is actually true that people in their transition out of a belief system they actually do spend a lot of time in two different communities simultaneously different communities that have mutually exclusive ideas yeah Uh, and you can look at this if you look at people's youtube history of like oh wait when you were describing yourself as a a narco-communist, you were still watching Paul Joseph Watson videos. I can see it right here in your (laughs) video list. Yeah, so the ping-ponging back and forth is actually pretty real. Right. Um, I have have my left foot in the alt-left rabbit hole and my right foot in the alt-right rabbit hole. And the rabbits, I'm I'm good friends with all the rabbits. Do you you feel, though, that um, the rabbit holes now have like an artificial bottom to them? My feeling is that like now compared to a few years ago, you can't as rapidly descend into a like radical uh, YouTube hole in the way that you could before. No, I think I think the um, technocratic state that is YouTube probably decided, I think it probably decided like maybe it's not so good. You know, maybe it's bad optics. All of these things have been disastrous for them. But the question is, uh, yeah, so they are very, uh, they are properly incentivized to have a good public reputation. Um, Politics seems to be getting worse while YouTube is getting more cleaned up. So it's not especially clear to me that having radical content on YouTube is the thing that was responsible for politics disintegrating. Right. That might be, that might be another category, but um, who am I to say? I I think, I think, uh, it's definitely not everything. And, I, you know, you got to wonder how much of it is, is preaching to the choir and how much of it is actual yeah. conversion. Is there an artificial bottom to the rabbit holes? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Well, there definitely is more of a bottom than there was. Can you still get there? I think you can still get there, but you have to work a lot harder to, to do it. Um, and maybe that power move, I think that's the status quo reinforcing itself. Like if it can keep doing that, then are most people going to get as you know, into, into something like that's why you got to get the youth. I'm telling you, you got to get the, them when they're 14, instead of them clicking on that Minecraft let's play and following this, this handsome Minecraft YouTuber, they need to follow me or anybody else. That's going to get them thinking about political stuff because maybe you play a video game, maybe you get really into a video game. Maybe you spend your whole life thinking about a piece of media when you, they should be sad. <laughs> The games, I think that's some of the um, the origin for the Atomwaffen lore is that it was founded on the Roblox server from Pole. <laughs> so maybe better to keep them on YouTube in some cases. <laughs> okay, let's say like, what is the YouTube community now? If you like, if you just go to politics on YouTube. Politics on YouTube. What is the politics community on YouTube? You know, some of the stuff I was talking about in the terms of like the uh, hyper ironic detachment stuff, I think that's catching up. There's this video called um, 16 and want to get into politics. And it's just like this meme. Um, Yeah. hmm, Today I'm 16 and want to become political. That has 4 million views and it was posted December 14th, 2020. 
And there's, um, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of comments on there that I feel like sums up the zeitgeist. I don't want to be political anymore. I just want to be happy. Um, wow. Not going to lie. The politics community is kind of toxic. <laughs> really? I had no idea. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Or I actually know they said the, the politics fandom is kind of toxic as though, as though politics to us is like the Avengers. The politics fandom is kind of toxic. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is this is part of the issue is that uh, these platforms are set up where you can be a fan of a band, you can watch a musician on YouTube, or you can watch politics on YouTube. Politics is a consumer identity. Yeah, which is antithetical to organizing materials in the world. It's, it's a question of what media you're watching. This totally makes sense to me. I don't want to be political anymore. I just want to be happy. <laughs> I think I've seen that meme a few times. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's this where, is actually... That's the word came from, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That There's, a, there's an element of this that um, getting obsessed and going down these ideological rabbit holes is just not good for your mental health. Uh, the conversion rate to real political action is relatively small, and it becomes a cycle of self-harm that people get stuck in. We've probably both been in that for a few years now. So maybe um, we are some of the rats in this political maze. Uh, I haven't seen this video before. Hmm, Today I'm 16 and I want to become political. 3.6 million views. It's a banger. You'd like it. Um, There are are other political stuff I could reference in in terms of like, you know, what is is the deal right now? I'm pretty sure, I think uh, Polkump Ball is, is killing it. And I knew it would. I wanted to like invest in it earlier. So Pole Comp Ball is this uh, this online community of people who represent um, political ideologies as these balls, and the balls have like the flags on them. I'm not sure if you heard of it. I've, I've yes, I spent <laughs> much time. Yeah, from um, Reddit primarily, where they would have these multi-panel cartoons. But there's also a Pole Comp Ball wiki, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the Pole Comp Ball wiki got shut down because this is the status quo reinforcing itself. Like, really, even thinking about other ideologies is just like nope off the platform so and you know yes that does shut down the fascists but it also shuts down everybody else anything anything that could possibly be critical of the status quo at all so interesting hmm mm. but no I'm, I'm sure i'm sure it will be good in the long run <laughs> i don't i don't know about that i'm <laughs> yeah i mean do you think that these terms of service increases are going to be a net benefit for political discourse online? Oh, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. Really? Yeah, because you'll you'll get these like little pockets of people like radicalizing each other. Ah, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings mm. me power, and that's 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 all <laughs> that really matters. Whatever pleases my ego. I see. So you're properly incentivized to. Yeah. 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 Hmm. hmm. I worry about. Uh, well, consensus reality may be a historical anomaly. Historically, reality does not have a consensus and it is very much balkanized and it looks more like what you're talking about of these different like pockets for small communities and um, radical that's, ideas. That's the question yeah. is like, is post-postmodernism, is that positing new meta narratives? Is that like, are we going to finally start finding common ground to like all believe in the same myths? Or is it just more, is it just postmodernism but metastasized an aggressive cancer until... Every single person is just like living in their completely own VR world. Bugs in the pod. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I think it's going to be bugs in the pod is I think the thing. That's, (laughs) you know, I think (laughs) that's kind of my, (laughs) 
I really feel like it is important to have some type of a grand narrative or a consensus myth structure to to bring people behind for some type of political project. Like I think we need to rekindle some elements of modernism because the bugs in the pod future is totally copacetic with these radical balkanized communities that everyone is just this like atomized uh, worker who lives in like a 10 by 10 foot room and like has a PC bed that they work out of and um, they slurp Soylent from uh, a tube and then they pee into a different tube. And that's like the extent of human experience. I'm, Um, I'm a young man. Okay. I've got a flexible mind. Um, I can learn to like bug taste. (laughs) <laughs> I, I will never so long as one billionaire exists i will not eat the bugs that's my line in the sand so you'll eat like the the communist utopia bugs well if okay so if it is absolutely ecologically necessary that the planet will explode and die if i don't limit my consumption then i mm-hmm. will limit my consumption but so long as there is such staggering inequality that individuals have more capital more resources than nation states i'm not gonna i'm gonna eat a fucking hamburger till i die i'm gonna have it for (laughs) breakfast lunch and dinner because fuck these people they have so much why do i need to sacrifice everything i consume in my entire life is like their weekend vacation to ibiza so um yeah i'm gonna eat hamburgers and i will not eat the bugs I'm trying to limit myself from saying I've made way too many. I'm used to talking to a very small community. And so I make extremely radical jokes and I'm trying to get out of the habit of doing radical that. jokes. Yeah. Oh no. You might know what that's like. I've, I'm very, uh, I'm very prude when it comes to radical jokes. I, I, I only want fun boomer humor jokes that kind of implicitly reinforce whatever the status quo happens to be. I'm with my uh, folks right now who are very much boomers and grew up in like the perfect slice of the American economy. Incredible difference to just see how they navigate their day and work. Um, I don't expect to ever own a home. I don't expect to have stable employment for anywhere that's more than a few years at a time. Yeah. Well, I, I, I plan to sacrifice my soul to the dark god of capital. Maybe I'll be able to get like a little shack in a swamp. I'll be like, this is my shack and now it will arbitrarily accumulate. Maybe a cabin in Montana. Mm-hmm. I am writing a manifesto. Are you really? Yeah. An anti-centrist manifesto or a... Yeah. As a book? Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I think that'll do well. If it's not a bit. It's, um... Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a post-ironic blah, blah, blah. You are a very talented script writer. So I imagine you could write a, is it a novel? It's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a guide, I guess. Yeah. A strictly, you know, nonviolent uh, guide. Of course. Of course. Like, uh, it just, it's, 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 it's metapolitics. It's, it's um, zooming out of the political landscape saying, okay, you know, here's all these different groups doing their thing. And uh, wh- how can they act in a way that is beneficial to them all? And of course, the way that you act that is beneficial to all of them is, they all team up and they wreck the libs. Well, on the question of metapolitics, um, what is it about the status quo that needs to be blown up? Why, why do you want to wreck the libs? It's, uh, it's axiomatic. There's no logical reason. It's uh, the articulation of blind rage. Really interesting, because I seem to remember a tour of your house that uh, looked like it was in varying states of disrepair. Mm. And it seems to me that you might 
benefit from um, a very minor redistribution of wealth, that uh, those things may may appeal to you based on your position as a worker in the societies. That that's totally off base, I imagine. That is off base. I don't live that there. That is okay. <laughs> I don't live yeah, there. Well, that's that's a place I rent out to uh, do my filming at. Okay. Okay. Sure. Just more, yeah, some yeah. more more sand in the eyes of the uh, of the watcher. There's um I've talked to a few people from differing political perspectives, and um, I asked all of them, "What do you think of Greg's content? What do you think his politics are behind the mask?" And everyone across the board was like, "Oh, yeah, he's one of ours." He's actually on my side. And these are people from the right, left, up, down, and sideways. So, um, Well, I am on their side. <laughs> as long as their side is a side. I'm on, I'm on uh, the side of sides. I'm on the side side. As, okay, as long as it's not in the center. Sure. No, sure. no. I, the, only, the, only, the only center side I'm on is center side. You are, you are doing a very convincing job of uh, conveying uh, all of these worldviews uh, simultaneously. Is there a place that you do the research? Where do you where do you scrape for inspiration? Um, I depersonalize and talk to all the voices in my head because that's the only community I have. I was like, you know, my I think my brain was like, I've got no spiritually fulfilling kind of community in my life. I'll just tulpa it. Have you heard of tulpas? Remind me what this is. It's like a aura spiritual type. Uh, of so thing? a tulpa, uh, at least uh, you know how it's described on the modern day internet, is just this. Um, you sort of depersonalize and you create this identity within your own brain that lives within your own brain and you treat it like it's its own person. Right. Um, so yeah, that's basically what I do. I have the, you know, have the anarcho-communist vo- voice. I've got some post-leftist voices, the uh, communist, the Nazbol, you know, I've got the ANCAP. The ANCAP says, sell your souls to the God of capital, Greg. And then I just do it. I just do it. <laughs> you know, it sounds like a joke, but I have the same experience, actually, because I've spent so much time in all these political communities that I feel like I'm running uh, I'm running three scripts in my head simultaneously of these like different political perspectives. And I can kind of I can see how those facets interpret the same situation in different ways. It's kind of maddening, mm-hmm. uh, but it's necessary if you want to be able to empathize and, and understand like how someone constructs their worldview to try and nudge them into something different it kind of feels like a it kind of feels like a mental illness like you're running three different personalities uh at the same time yeah yeah Yeah, it's uh the online political discourse can best be described as in terms of dsm-5 diagnoses yeah i think it's it's a pretty direct through line from um from your work from a year ago i I don't even feel like i'm talking about anything differently it's just like more direct or maybe just in a different through a different lens like you can yeah. talk about politics through the lens of politics, but you can also talk about it through the lens of a lot of other things. I've had people also tell me in interviews that depending on how depressed they are that week, they score differently on the political compass test. That if they're having a good week, they score more to yeah. the left. And if they're having a bad week, they score more to the right. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's very, uh, very true. See, I, I can't really relate to that because I'm extremely like rigid in my thinking and I am exactly how I am. And whenever I take the political compass test, I get four corners simultaneously. I'm like, this is weird. This glitch keeps happening. But all right. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe it's just um, part of my fractured mind imagining things. Another uh, psychotic delusion. But I don't know. Whenever I do it, it's crazy. So look, let, let me be clear, okay? Um, 
while I do, while I do occasionally live in a dilapidated apartment, um, I also, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let my personal situation ever affect my political beliefs. You see, um, <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. I think, you know, I think if, if people, you know, see, for example, that I, where I live and they draw these conclusions, then what I really need to be doing is my next video needs to reveal that I actually live in some kind of mansion. And that's just sm more smoke and mirrors. Keep them guessing. Exactly. Yeah. Part of the trouble about living in mansions is that, um, or filming in mansions, is that you have, you have to have one, which is, which is tough. Well, listen, my, so my, my, my living situation is, is such that I live in squalor half the time, but then I live in a mansion the other half. So representing the, both sides. Exactly. You need to, you need to, you cannot, you know, you shouldn't even speak unless you've experienced both extremes. For example, um, you know, the, the socialist that lives in squalor and wants to, you know, make more money so that they can escape the rat race is just representing their own interest. It's intellectually, ugh. But so same thing with the ANCAP who lives in a mansion, obviously, they're just representing their own interests. You can't, you, ha you have to not represent your own interests. You have to work against your own interests. And that's why while I'm living in squalor, I'm an ANCAP, which is, which is currently why I'm devoted to the God of Capital. But as soon as I move into my mansion, I become a champagne socialist, pop open some champagne, I make some tweets. <laughs> It sounds very fair. It sounds very balanced. So it's, it's unfair and imbalanced. That's my motto. <laughs> it's, very, it's very compelling. Um, okay, okay. Uh, I feel like underneath your, your writing, there's this, um, uh, there's this pervasive satire, obviously, but um, there is an assumption or, or there is uh, some kind of a statement that like the, the status quo or establishment politics needs to be exploded. Like something is wrong about it, which is why you need to embolden the political extremes. Mm -hmm. And so um, one is then tempted to put an analysis onto your work of what is the problem in the center that requires an expansion of the Overton window. Many different groups would have many different uh stories that they put on top of that mm -hmm. i i am uh i'm the political equivalent of like a uh a pantheist i suppose mm -hmm. like all the all the gods are true all the all the all the meta narratives are correct even the ones they contradict because meta narratives are great and i love meta narratives and i just can't get enough of them i put them all in my mouth and i taste them the thing is, I kind of agree with you about some of these things and that I think we do need an expansion of the Overton window. And that includes emboldening factions that I actively disagree with because those things are necessary to produce the discourse. Exactly. Yeah. In the Centricide series, there was something that was very compelling about seeing them all live together. Uh, and you certainly did record numbers with those videos, such niche subjects to such a large audience. I wonder if anyone approached you to turn that into a web series or like a movie or mm. a, a TV show or something like that. I don't, I don't think people with the ability to do that are up to date with the fact that that would be a hit. I mean, that would kill. But like, I don't think any Netflix producer who's like 40, maybe 35, maybe I, I, don't, I don't really know much about. I would love, I would love if that happened. I, I feel like it's probably going to have to be something I crowdfund. 
I'd love to do yeah. like a musical, <laughs> like a Central oh, Side musical. Um, but also it would work. It would kill as an animated series. It would kill as a Netflix series. I mean, there's a huge, there's That's a, a million huge dollar idea right there. Yeah, I know. But I don't know anything about it. Like, I don't know how to do You're that. You're the only person um, who could write it. You should do it. I would. Yeah, I'd, I'd, thank you. But I, I think probably at this point, some of my peons could probably write it decently, maybe even maybe even as well or better. I don't know. I don't know. You do have a fanatically dedicated and, and very talented fan base. There's uh, extensive art and memes and everything. Um, I guess the, the question that I'm uh, I'm gearing up towards is, some of the things that you say are pushing the lines of the terms of service, that they're very edgy jokes, for lack of yeah. a better term. And I wonder how much of a disincentive that is to people who would otherwise invest in making, say, an animated series, like Centricide, the animated series. Like, is this content, despite all of the jokes, is it actually still too edgy for legacy media to invest in, in a period where social media and politics is disintegrating your jokes are still too dangerous to get a real major platform in the in the multi millions. I think I think it would first of all, yeah, there so edgy things, yes, sometimes I do edgy stuff, but I never do edgy stuff to do edgy stuff. It just it just happens to be edgy, which is kind of what's like um sounds like what Jordan Peterson says. Oh, I never mean to offend. I just say things and they happen to be offensive. So now I'm taking it back because he's a centrist and I don't want to have any points in common. I have no continuity with what I just said. But yes, I think it would kill. And I think I think things don't matter as long as they're good. Nothing matters as long as it's good. Because people people are very simple. They have these beliefs and these thoughts and these, these these things. They say, I will never like a show about personified mental illnesses. And they go on Twitter and they say how bad of an idea this is. And then they watch the series and they're like, mm, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, and same thing with, uh, you know, same thing. I think the same thing would happen. Would there be some backlash with pe- of people who didn't even see it? Probably. Would there be a group of people, you know, who form their own idea of the series without watching the series and then make their own little echo chamber as to why it's bad and why no one should watch it? And someone's like, oh, I watched and I actually really liked it. And they're like, oh, now you're par- I'm not, not, not part of the community anymore. And they're like, oh, OK, well, I guess I didn't like it then. Woo-hoo, I have no critical thinking ability. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think it would kill. It's just a matter of. Um, I am, you know, I'm a writer first and foremost. I'm not a visual guy. You can, I mean, that's pretty obvious with my stuff. So it would just be a matter of getting a team and um, me having the the ability to like, to know what I would do if I would crowdfund it. Like I would know what to do with the money, but uh, yeah. Or just uh, praying that a Netflix producer who is uh, insane enough and ready to give me money for it as well. I don't know. Do you want to plug any new projects or I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast is familiar with your work on YouTube, anything new coming up that you want to give a plug to? I'm working on with, I'm working with an indie developer on a pole comp ball video game, which is you answer political compass style questions and you, your ideology evolves. And as your ideology evolves, you gain different abilities. So for example, you might get Pinochet ism. And now you can like throw all the communists in your countries out of helicopters and then you can re like, you know, reinforce your right wing base or something. Or, uh, you know, you could have technocracy, which allows you to censor certain ideologies. And as you do this, there's all these other ideologies having wars around you, eating each other, growing in power. 
it's going to be free and open source. So it's not even, this isn't even a plug. I'm just, I'm just saying that so that you can think, wow, Dreg is so cool. He's such a cool guy. It sounds fascinating. Yeah, I can totally imagine a skill tree of political evolution that uh, yeah. that makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm also I also uh, I'm working on a card game, a pull comp ball card game, a Pluto ball card game, where you start with two ideologies. So, for example, you might get like communism and anarcho capitalism. And communism, its two traits are like quality and state. And then anarcho capitalism, his two traits are capitalism and liberty. And then you can use these different ideologies to recruit more ideologies to your team. So anarcho-capitalism can recruit anarcho-communism because they share liberty in common. And then you use your ideologies to fight your opponent's ideologies. And, you know, you win (laughs) when you beat the most amount of ideologies. That one will be a physical game. So I I will sell that. But all this stuff, you know, I'm I'm working on uh, currently. So who knows when, probably in the next couple of months, hopefully most of the stuff will will be out. But I don't want to put any deadline on it. Sure, sure. Yeah, give it the time it needs. Yeah, what a blast. It's been wonderful talking to you. I am, um, I think I expected kind of exactly this spur of the moment improvisation, and you're very quick on your feet. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been a pleasure. It's been really fun. I'm glad you reached out to talk to me. I'm surprised it's taken us this long to talk, and I'd love to talk more in the future. I am a very, you know, like I, I need people to talk to, I think, I, I think I have like a human need in my brain to like talk to human beings. It's pretty fucked up. So, uh, I, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to talk more and I'd love to pick your thoughts on certain things when I have questions, um, about the world, because you, you are 10 years older than me, which means you have 10 more years of wisdom. And I would appreciate being able to access that wisdom for my own egocentric purposes, if that's if that pleases your ego. I think we need each other because we both ruined our lives with internet politics. So there may be just no one else to talk to at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs>